Blog Talk Radio. Thursday, February 21st, 2013. You're listening to the Mind Whisperer radio program on Blog Talk Radio. In today's program, we're extending uh, Tuesday's program looking at uh, the unconscious projection of ourselves into the world and what we attract towards us. You and I in, in the past right uh, in decade or so, there's been no a, a lot of uh, material out there talking about law of attraction, etc., and it's really piqued the interest of uh, many people. And so we're drawing on uh, the principles that underlie a lot of those uh, inquiries about law of attraction, and they're very sound principles of... Uh, you know, depth psychology and quantum physics. And so today's program, we're going to get a little bit more practical and, um, you know, on, on a daily basis, uh, how this shows up in our lives. So just to recap from uh, Tuesday's program, and by the way, my name is Michael Gordon. I'm host here at The Mind Whisperer, and happy to have you here if you're listening live. And if you're not, uh, great to have you here listening to the archive program. If you are listening live, you can call in at any time with anything that's on your mind at 347-945-7891. That's 347-945-7891. And uh love to have you on the program with anything that's on your mind. It doesn't have to be today's topic. But back to today's topic, uh, just to recap from Tuesday's program, we talked a lot about some uh, fundamental principles of, of quantum physics and Trying to set the stage scientifically, you know, in terms of our understanding, at least our theoretical understanding of uh, the, the workings of the universe, and and we are not separate from the universe. This is an ongoing uh, element of the program here that we're, we're we're not talking about mystical or metaphysical concerns here. We're talking about, you know, it's a, a scientific inquiry into the nature of uh, being and and beingness in relation to the so-called physicality of the universe, but it, this is all presuming that there's some kind of separation between who we are and what the universe is. And we're made up of the same atoms and the same energy uh, patterns and, and, and waveforms as anything else in the universe. So it always stymies me when people discredit any any inquiry or discussion relating to human psychology and the you know empirical world that we live in because they're they're one and the same and so today's program is bang on about that topic and um, in fact the, the the interesting thing from last uh, the last program is just the the difference between the understanding that quantum physics kind of explains on one level how we can uh, influence one reality and then that sort of the world kind of becomes that one reality at least in terms of our uh, observation or experience of it. But a later theory sort of uh, challenged that and said, well, if that's true, that's true of everything, and uh, including our existence. And so what that means is that we don't, we're not able to predict 100% that one, only one thing happens because all possibilities exist at the same time. And so that later theory, which is called the many worlds theory, says that actually all of those possibilities coexist 
they're not just possibilities that so-called collapse out of superposition. Um, they they exist, they branch off infinitely. And uh, so this is very fascinating. So I look at this as, as that our world is made up of many copies of ourselves and our, and our paths in life and our choices and our consequences. And uh, it's a question of which one that you're on and um, being conscious of that. And so how does that show up for us in our daily life? Well, this is very interesting. And we talked about this in previous programs as well in terms of how we are shaped and influenced growing up, how we have to adapt to our circumstances and how we, quote-unquote, generalize what we've learned or globalize what we've learned uh, to our, our reality because we are subjective beings entirely. And uh, but we relate to the world in an objective sense that there's a world out there, and first we learn this, you know, by relating to other beings in our immediate sphere, which is you know based on what's called object relations theory, and then we uh, and, encounter the world in the same way. So whatever template that we developed or were shaped by in our early lives, or another word for that is schema, uh, psychologically speaking and emotionally uh, speaking. Uh, then that's going to determine the, the shape of our lives later on. And so we see this, you know, time and time again. And as a, as a psychotherapist in private practice, I see this, uh, you know, consistently with everyone that I see uh, and trying to help people become conscious and then, you know, determine an, a, a more conscious approach to how they want their life to look. And so, again, this is what uh, Carl Jung called... Um, you know, the shadow self and being able to um, engage in what he called um, individuation, which is being able to integrate that shadow side of ourselves, the unconscious parts of ourselves that we wrestle with or that show up in our in our ways of living and, and get in our way and um, and working with that and integrating that so that it becomes part of us rather than the, the tail wagging the dog, so to speak. So how does that show up? Well, for example... I was speaking with someone the other day who was saying that, uh, you know, they, um, why do things keep happening in their lives? And it's how ironic that somebody grew up with an alcoholic parent and now they're drawn to a partner who's alcoholic. And somebody who grew up in that family and, um, you know, wasn't very well taken care of and always had to sort of look out and take care of that alcoholic parent and they find themselves over-operating in their daily life now and always, you know, micromanaging or... Um, caretaking everyone else, but not exhibiting self-care. So this is a perfect example. And one of the things I explained to this person is that, or that we engaged in discussion about, is that the things that we avoid, for example, and that's where you're going to find where the shadow is showing up in your life, is the, is the areas in which you're avoiding um, the things that are in the shadow, you know, the, the, those darker aspects of ourselves that we can't see or don't want to see. And so those avoidance patterns are very instructive to us if you have the courage to look at them. But the things that we avoid, they're going to um, double. It's kind of like a theory of resistance, right? The more you, you compress something, the more it's going to want to release. And so, for example, with fear, and we've talked about this in a previous program uh, about vulnerability and shame. So if you internalized a lot of shame from your early childhood because of neglect or abandonment or conditions of, of uh, poor attachment and bonding early on or even trauma and abuse, uh, then you, you lock in an inculcated sense of shame about your, uh, your, with, you know, that's, that's core to your being. And it becomes 
uh, armor that, that doesn't protect you from the outside world, this armor that actually locks you in from the outside world. And so your fear of being exposed in being vulnerable with other be- people is a protective one, you know, because it, it, it protects you from the fear not the actuality, but the fear that people are going to see this damaged being or that this damaged being is going to be exposed and therefore unsafe in the way that, that you know, we were originally hurt. But the problem is, is that if you, with, if you avoid or withdraw from intimacy or vulnerability in, in any relationship, then your fear will manifest anyway because you become a person who is insecure, you're a person who is not capable of being close, you're a person who operates... Um, inconsistently or in socially awkward ways and therefore other people are going to see you in that way. So that original fear that you're not going to be liked, you're going to be socially rejected comes true anyway. So this is very interesting in terms of how it shows up in our in our lives uh, as a way of manifesting itself regardless of, of whether um, we're conscious of it or not. Now, coming back to sort of another fundamental principle of this um, law of attraction. Um, and there's a great quote attributed to Henry Ford where he says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And, you know, it's a, it's a terrific quote because it really nails that aspect of uh, in, in a, a trait, in observable trait in, and, uh, in psychology and research called attention. And so whatever your attention is on is going to be obviously be your focus and then it's going to also determine the sort of general reality of which the filter, if you will, of what you're how you're seeing the world. So as Ford says, you know, if your attention's on the idea that you can or you can't, you're either way it's that's going to determine your outcome. And this is a very difficult concept to get, and many teachers have um you know, really tried to put this across. Wayne Dyer, being a very popular uh, spiritual psychological teacher, um, and there's many more out there who've talked extensively about how to get what you want. Well, first thing is to understand is most of us are focused on what we don't want, and we think that by being focused on what we don't want, we're getting really clear that we are. You know, this is exactly what I don't want. So it's sort of a, a way of uh, going through a list and, and and clearing up, if you will, all the things that you don't. So if I negate all these things, I'm getting closer to, you know, whittling down my list and weeding out all the things that I don't want. Well, it kind of makes sense in, sort of, in sort of in terms of um, deductive reasoning, that if you whittle away all the things that you don't want, what's left is going to be, you know, what you're really clear about. Well, that in a way works in certain contexts, but when it comes to you know, pure cognition and your attention and how your attention determines what you, you seek in the world and how you view the world, it um, has a very deterministic outcome because it's going to be, the result of which is going to be that you attract more, your focus is on, and you will attract towards you those things that you don't want. And it's a very difficult concept to get. So let's say, for example, you stop somebody on the street and say, what do you want the most? And the person says, oh, well, I'm not happy in my relationship or I'm single right now and I don't want to be single the rest of my life. Well, already they're telling you that their their internal um, preoccupation or focus is on 
the, the negatives, that they don't like being single um, and for whatever reasons. Well, that's not a mo- positive motivation to for them to go out and look for that which what they really want and deserve. They're going to keep being focused on on the negative aspects of being single. So guess what they're going to attract towards themselves? Because they, without realizing it, we are actually mirroring that to the world. And this is it brings into play uh, something that Jung co- uh, coins the term uh, synchronicity. And what Jung was meaning by synchronicity is uh, what he called an a-causal connecting principle. In other words, two things that come together, one from your internal subjective world view and the external objective world as it is. And um, what he was speaking to is what he called the collective unconscious, is that we all have these sort of archetypal uh, uh, mythological and, and, and meaning structures about the world. Love, fear, sex, death, happiness, etc., etc., immortality, mortality. And that they're all there, they all exist within all of us. And they're not something that's so determined individually. Um, it's, it, and so, for example, you know, uh, deeper wisdom uh, and, and principles of truth, you know, are, are there for us to, to tap into at any time. And that's certainly true. You know, you can see how he got that from Buddhist teaching, that we all have essential intrinsic Buddha nature. But uh, what Jung was getting at is that in psychotherapy, um, if somebody is uh, trying to work out aspects of their unconscious and maybe not able to tap into them or be conscious of them, and um, in the process of bringing that out, uh, something will manifest from the objective world as a reflection of their internal process. And a very famous story about uh, him personally was that he had a client who, or a patient who was um, excess, what he called excessively rational. And so, you know, really in their head, not able to access their emotional interior world very much and, and uh, you know, have any kind of self-inquiry or understanding. And he was wrestling to help this person kind of understand the depths of their subconscious mind and, and uh, hidden emotions, etc. And um, this client told them... Uh, told Jung about having a dream about a golden scarab, a beetle. And so Jung, you know, interpreted this to mean certain things in terms of um, bringing things to the surface and, you know, uh, the unconscious coming up, you know, like a beetle coming up from burrowing in the soil, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think maybe in the next day or very shortly afterwards in his office, Jung saw an insect fly into a cabinet in his office. And um, I thought, well, that's kind of an odd coincidence. And strangely enough, it turned out to be that exact species. It was a golden scarab, which was very rare for that climate. And so he comments on this in in a book that he wrote on, a treatise that he wrote on synchronicity. And, And so this brings us back to the idea that there are no accidents, that we can look at the things that we're drawing into our lives, the people, the situations, the patterns that repeat, and uh, examine them from this point of view and say, well, is this in alignment with who I really am? And, or um, if there's something uncomfortable or disturbing about this thing that keeps showing up in my life, it's there to teach me something. It's that shadow part of myself coming to the surface like that beetle uh, bringing something from the depths of my soul and my and my psyche that need attention, and you can look at that in terms of illness as well. Sometimes you can 
see that physical illness manifests as a way of your body expressing stress or you know internalized uh, um, unexpressed emotion uh, etc so it all brings us back to conscious awareness and working with our uh, the, our life situation and not seeing ourselves as just prone to these disconnected a causal events in our life um but really that they there's an interplay between our interior world and what we attract in our exterior world for example this is something i bring up quite a bit in in psychotherapy um it's what uh freud called uh, repetition compulsion and so that the experiences that happen in, in our early development that uh, reflect uh you know broken attachments and um you know disturbances in our emotional sphere as we are developing as young people and our sense of selves in the world um that uh we we hold that broken record of that experience internally and we keep manifesting those circumstances we keep we keep creating those circumstances seeking them out attracting them to ourselves unconsciously in our lives uh, as a way of trying to work them out but of course because we are just simply replaying them like a broken record they don't actually ever move past the skip in the record um or the groove that's that's holding the needle back if you will on a, on a record and so it becomes maddening and uh it's only until you break through and understand consciously that you're the one who is you know playing out these circumstances over and over again it could be a neglectful parent who shows up as you know a a a, a partner who's not attentive to us and and uh, not emotionally available etc cetera, etc cetera. but anything can really be a repetition compulsion in our lives um it could be uh debt it could be uh people who don't commit it could be you know just mostly our ourselves in our own way from going towards that which we really desire and so this is going to be very instructive for us in in future programs and I welcome your input and your questions about this because it's such a vast area and it is so vital to um living a conscious life and really having the insight and awareness to work with what's happening and uh, and to really as it says in the title of today's program change the movie realize that your life is a movie it's underway and yes there's many things that are outside of our control we can't control the weather we can't control other people but we can be aware of our immediate sphere and the um inner schema we're operating from our model of ourselves our 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 the the, the um frequency at which you know we're operating in terms of harmony with ourselves and who we really are in the world and what we think we are or what we want and then what's showing up in our external world so to speak so lots of food for thought i hope you've enjoyed uh again a very densely packed program today and you think about this as you go about your life and and start to look at the happenings in your daily life less as coincidence and more along the lines of synchronicity you know how how is it that I'm attracting this person if there's someone who's negative is coming to my life and and giving me grief then there's something there that I they're there to teach me they're there as a reflection of a process that I need to work up for myself and when good positive things happen then you start to build on those and realize those are a reflection of your um alignment with yourself your cohesion with your 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 true values so we'll continue the discussion 
most likely next week. It's, it's a very rich topic, and I hope to have your participation. And uh, again, on any topic at any time, uh, we're here to talk about all these concerns in daily life. And it's been my pleasure to host you. I'm Michael Gordon. This has been The Mind Whisperer, and we'll see you next week on Tuesday. Have a great day and take care of yourselves.